It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts welcome to up on game presents Taylor Scouting. Coach Randy Taylor is bringing his 40-plus years of knowledge to you. This is Taylor Scouting. And now, here's Coach Randy Taylor. Uh, This is Taylor Scouting Podcast. Coach Taylor, Coach Randy Taylor. And uh, I am here in Woodstock, Maryland today, bringing you uh, the Up On Game Network podcast, uh, Taylor Scouting. And uh, you can watch us on all of your, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, feel free to uh, check us out on Up On Game Presents on YouTube. And we will get into the show where we're going to do some more education, talk about football, talk about the draft. Lucky enough to have a, a great guy with me uh, today. Uh, David Williams is and was a uh a superstar in in football. Uh, David is from Gardena Sarah High School, L.A. Harbor College, J.C. All-American, Illinois in 1983 to 1985, two-time All-American. In 1984, David had 101 catches for 1,278 yards and ATDs. Drafted by the Chicago Bears, spent three years in the NFL, Signed to play in the Canadian Football League with the British Columbia Lions. During his seven seasons in the CFL, he was the league's MVP in 1988. And his team, the Toronto Argonauts, won the Grey Cup as league champions. 
2019, David was inducted into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. 2005, David was inducted into uh, the College Football Hall of Fame. David is the Big Ten's fourth leading receiver in catches for a career. And that, that doesn't include the bowl games, David. So don't don't worry, but I think I got my facts right. How are you, David? I'm great. Randy, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic. That that was a long intro, man. You got a lot of stats. <laughs> right? And what you didn't say was I only played in 33 college games. Now they play like 33 games. Well, yeah, year. you did. Yeah, you did have a, a shortened career and still right, did all that. Right. I, I played for some with some great guys and a great coach that was a little ahead of his time as far as the passing game was concerned. No question. And you had some pretty good QBs at the time. Yes. Well, I only played with Jack, I only played with one. So luckily, we were the same age. So we got to stay all three years together. Yeah, he he uh, he was he you he came right out of high school from Northern California. You came out of Harbor, but I, I just know you were pretty good. And I was lucky enough to be at Illinois during your career, and remember you as a soft-spoken guy, a bit shy off the field, but dynamic and ultimately competitive on the field. Does that describe you? Yes, yes. I always hated. I could do interviews with a guy who would talk to me with a camera and a microphone. But if you gave me a microphone and you told me to go stand up in front of people, I'm a total different person. I could play in front of a million people, but I can't talk in front of a million people. <laughs> David, I'll, I'll never forget the time my wife, Kiki, and I were taking you to speak out in Farmer City, Illinois. Do, do you recall this? Uh, this was one of your first time speaking and i can testify to how when you get a microphone in your hand and you're supposed to talk to to strangers and, and you were so freaked out you had to get your brother oliver and uh, charles armstead skeet to come with us and so here's this tall lanky football player from la going to speak to a bunch of farmers and their families you were so nervous. We got those guys out there. By the time you three were done wrapping that thing up, you're having them singing Michael Jackson's Billy Jean, and all of these farmers are up on their feet singing along with you. It was outstanding. Do you remember that? I remember that. I remember <laughs> big time. Uh, the reason the reason I, Ollie came, it was because I told him I was scared. Right. And he never was shy about talking in front of anyone or singing in front of anyone. And I was, and he knew that. So he came and you handed me the microphone and I handed it to him and he just started talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was, he was definitely not shy. And, and, uh, back in the day, uh, we had three of the Williams brothers. Uh, Steven was there too. You were, you were in the middle of those two. Yes. My big brother went there. Uh, and he played there in 81 and 82. And of course, him being my hero, I always followed him. So wherever he went, I went. Yeah. Hey, hey, tell us about your family, David, the, the David Williams family. You've got some athletes uh, that, that are on the baseball side of this. Give us a little background. Well, my, my, my 17-year-old is a sophomore. Uh, he just turned 17. He started varsity last year, and he was he made all league as a freshman. 
because he could play every position. And it seemed like every time he got up, runners was in scoring position late in the game and he had to get hits to for them to 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 score and win games. And it just so happened that everything worked out for him. And What's he uh, play? what positions he like to play? What will he be in college? He'll be an outfielder and a pitcher. But because they were stacked in that he had a he has a cannon for an arm, so he played back catcher because the catcher couldn't hit and he couldn't throw anybody out. He would <laughs> never miss a ball. No ball could get by him, but if he caught the ball and you you could steal the base because he couldn't throw you out. So they will put my son. So they will put he my wasn't son a Molina, you, huh? Right. And you couldn't run on Chase. So, you know, the, the key was just having him keep the ball in front of him. So he learned. <laughs> And I would tell them, look, you make them take you up. You make them not be able to play you. If In any situation on any team, if you play well enough in crunch time, they will find a way to play you. So that's what I used to stress to them. Make them play you. If you're on the field and you're producing, they will never take you off. And he did that. And my younger is 14. He's a switch hitter. He plays shortstop and second base. He was built more like me. Chase is already six feet, but but Brady is like, he's small. He's like five two, and he can't see him getting bigger. And just keep just keep getting better. Build like your father. You were six four. You'll wake up one day and be the tallest guy in the building. Just keep growing, and he, he he's just a stud. He has he has hands. He has those those. Derek Jeter hands, those those magic hands, and he's a switch hitter. So it's fun every weekend. I get to go watch them play baseball, or every day during the week, I'm I'm busy doing something watching them play. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Pretty soon that NIL money will start heading that way. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> I, I tell them nothing, nothing's promised to you, so you got to get better. Yeah, absolutely. And I told him I'm not paying for college. So no. <laughs> you earn your way, college, son. So you better get a scholarship or get drafted. <laughs> right? I love I it. I did it. You got to do it. Absolutely. Hey, hey, speaking of the draft, so we got the draft coming up. And I wanted to talk because you were a high draft choice. You were really a, a talented guy that could have gone anywhere from the first. You ended up going in the in the third round. How did you prepare yourself? Prior to that, what what was your mindset about the draft? Well, you know, you, you, I was always told I was going to be in between 15 and 20, the 15 and 20th pick. So I was told that by the scouts and the coaches who would come by and work you out because we'd have to work out for all the teams. Um, I went to the combine. I played well in the combine. Um, I worked out well for all the teams. But I wasn't a track guy. I wasn't a guy you could, you know, now it's like everybody, if you run a fast 40, you get drafted high. I was never a guy that could just line up because I was tall and lanky that could line up in a st stance and just run 4-3 like that, right? I was never that guy. I could play and I could run by a guy. A guy run 4-3 couldn't cover me. But if we raced, he would he would kill me. Right. I I was tall and lanky, so I so I was told that I was going to go anywhere from 15 to 20. So I was prepared for that. And I was thinking that. Right. But when the draft came, it was a total different story. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is safe. It's a place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For example, it's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who experience major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash GamePresents today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash GamePresents. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, we, we've seen those draft days. Now we watch it all unfold on TV, and, and the guy that's sitting in the room you know, at the draft, wherever it is this year, it's Kansas City sitting in that room and he's supposed to be a first round guy and he ends up, you know, second, third round. And and it's got to be kind of tough to sit there and wait. Were you at home? Well, I was at home the first two rounds. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. Because, you know, the 15th player pick went and then it kept going. And then there were drafting receivers that I was way better than, way better than. But they went to those big-name schools, UCLA and Tennessee. I could meet them guys playing with my hands tied behind my back. But just it worked out that way. So the first round came and went. I was watching, and I was crushed. And then the Washington Redskins and the Cleveland Browns, they didn't have – you take me down back memory lane. They didn't have first-round draft picks. I don't know who Washington got and why they gave their pick away. But the Cleveland Browns had drafted Bernie Kosar in the supplemental draft. So Cleveland said they were going to take me if I was available. That draft pick came and went. And I was, and then I was still sitting there. 
So the second round went by and I was just crushed. So I was dating this girl at the time and her name was Paula Abdul. She was a singer, but she wasn't a singer then, right? Yeah. So she called me. She said, how you doing? I said, I said, this is heartbreaking. So I went and picked her up and we went to lunch and we was eating lunch at a Mex Mexican restaurant in Hollywood. And my brother called and said, you got drafted by the Chicago Bears. And I looked at her and I kissed her and said, I got to go. And I left. And, you know, a couple of years later, she was a world famous singer, but I didn't know that at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, uh, but it was, she was, it a, was a really, it, go ahead. It was a really, really long day for me. That was heartbreaking. The draft for me was heartbreaking. So when I see those guys sitting in a room, I know exactly how they feel. Yeah, it's and, just, I won't watch the draft. I just, I just can't watch it. And Paula Abdul was really a, a higher draft choice than you were. Absolutely. In, in the end, yeah. <laughs> no question about yes, it. No absolutely. question. Yeah. Hey, hey uh, did you go to a lot of teams to back in that day? Were you going to, to teams to work out for them or did they come to Illinois? How did that all work? They were coming to, they were coming to town. They were yeah. coming to town like the Kansas City came, Washington came, Dallas came. Uh, the Saints came. They were coming because we had a lot of guys. Swoop, yeah. Trudeau, Jariga, um, Cap Boso. So a lot of the teams were coming in town and they was having us work out. So, you know, we didn't go anywhere. I don't know. It's kind of different now. I think, yeah. you know, they go in groups now. Um, but, yeah, it'd be one to pop up and then they'd ask me to come work out and you'd go catch passes and run routes for and they'd tell you hey you know we if, if you're available in this pick we'll take you all that kind of stuff so they kind of fill you with a bunch of stuff and hell you don't know and then yeah. all of us They're at illinois was supposed to get drafted pretty good but i don't know if you remember but at that time during our time there was a drug scandal at illinois when we were juniors and that kind of carried over and hurt us late hurt us all in our our, our year when we, when we was time to get drafted that that came up yeah i remember that kind of lingered over the the kids that were following the the other guys so i i do remember that but uh you know it, it's it is a path and and you uh came out stronger and 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 better for it and uh i just want to have you help us educate some of these student athletes uh about this process and and taylor scouting podcast is always looking to teach and, and to find out you know to advise young men about the the career uh, or a career in professional football or other sports and and uh you know what what would your your advice be and i'll go through some uh categories and and your personal life what 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 would you advise these future draft choices to, to how to take care of your personal life before you go to the pros. Your personal life is one, you got to be careful nowadays with social media. You got to be diligent and it's important who you hang out with because all that stuff affects what's going on in your life, whether it's drugs or knuckleheads that you hang out with because I grew up I grew up in a neighborhood with a lot of tough kids 
but they were my friends and they helped, you know, they, your surroundings help make you. They made me, I was tough because of my surroundings and my guys I had. When it came to, you know, grow up and, 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 and go off into your career, you kind of have to leave some of those guys behind because some of them, trouble just follows them, right? So you got to kind of keep guys at a certain arm's length with you. They still be your buddies. You just can't go do certain things with them. So you got to watch what you eat. You got to watch who you hang out with. You got to watch what you do on social media. And you just got to prepare for the future because the future is now and the future only lasts so long. You only get it. You have a short window of actually playing ball. And what nobody teaches you, nobody taught us. It's a little better now, I think. Nobody taught us was how to handle your money. That's huge because you're a young kid. You're 22, 23 years old. And then you get a check for five, six million dollars. That'll go fast. You know, because everybody get a cut. Uncle Sam get a cut. Your agent get a cut. And taxes get a big cut. So that $5 million is probably around two. You know, you got mamas and daddies and brothers and, and everybody wants something. So they don't teach you how unless you listening to, you know, your proper uh, money management people. And, and, and unfortunately, some of them people are crooks, too. You have to find the right team. You have to find the right team around you. And it seems like they're a little better now. Um, I saw Jalen Hurst just had a big contract, and I saw his team. He had like eight women. Communication, marketing. I mean, you need that. You need that. You need that good team and good foundation around you. We're saying, okay, this is what you need to do. This is what we're going to do. And then you watch them. And then you have somebody watch the watchers, <laughs> right? Because you have to be yeah, careful. Yeah, absolutely. But hey, yeah. hey I, I was going to go because, like, uh, you know. Ed, there's no classes in that. No, there aren't classes. You're right. You're right. What about adversity? You know, you you had some. We've all had some. How do you uh, get yourself through the adversity to be ready to go perform at that highest level once you get drafted? Well, you, first of all, you got to prepare. There's nothing like being prepared because you train your body. If you train your body to do something, your body can do it. If you don't train your body to be able to do it, it won't happen. So you got to be prepared. And you got to, you know, everybody's not made. Everybody's not made to be a baller on the biggest stage. I don't care how good you are, how your numbers stack up. And I always think, that they judge more now on stopwatches than they do heart. You can't measure a heart. You can measure a guy how fast he is on a on, with a stopwatch, but in a big time situation, because he's fast, don't mean he gonna run fast, and don't mean he can make plays. You give me a guy with heart that's gonna ball no matter what happens. I'll take that guy over a guy who runs four two four three any day of the week. Give me a four five guy with heart, I'll take him every day of the week. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. 
This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. David, that's why you had the success on the field. That's why you could make the, you know, have all those catches and and be the MVP and do all that in in the in the professional ranks because you you weren't the four four guy. You were the four five guy with heart. And, and length and, and all those kind of things. Uh, how about the academic side of it, David? That that was something that, you know, uh, it is difficult for guys coming out of high school and junior college. And and how, how did you handle that uh, and, and the good and the bad of that part of college? Well, high school, I went to Sarah High School in Gardena, which was really a good a preparatory high school. So I had good grades. I had a high SAT score. My problem was when I first went to Illinois, I was coming out of JC. So you guys assumed I was grown up enough to be off campus, and I wasn't. I almost flunked out of school my first year because I lived off campus, and I wasn't mature enough to be able to handle that, right? It was the first time I was away from home. I moved off campus. I didn't even have a car, and I'm living off campus. So 
I had to go to summer school to be able to play my Rose Bowl year. I had to go to summer school all summer long and get high grade and get A's to make up for that those semesters where I was kind of screwing off. You know, so I'm off campus and it's snowing outside. It's, it's freezing outside. I live off campus and I'm standing on a bus stop. I'm from L.A., man. <laughs> so it's five degrees outside. I would go to the bus stop and see that cold weather and I go back home. I'm going to hell with this. <laughs> so hey, it hey, cost me. So, you know, being on campus. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say it, it, that happened to so many because we had a lot of California players at that time. We had about 30 JC kids playing for us to, at that Rose Bowl when we played UCLA back in the day. And, and you all kind of ran through those things. And, and I knew that was tough. But but I, you suggest be on campus early in your career, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Because everything's walking distance. You don't have to worry about buses. You don't have to worry about being on time because you just set your alarm and just walk to class with everybody else. So everybody's doing the same thing you're doing. But when you isolated off campus with some older guys, you know, they don't go to school. It's fine. They already got their grades, but you trying to hang out with them and they're way adv more advanced than you school-wise. So that almost hurt me. And and then after that, I stayed on campus the, the rest of my career. <laughs> hey, hey, you don't have to hit me in the head to tell me to duck. Yeah, absolutely. You, you're a, a very skilled player and, and had a lot of things going with, you know, these days, the length and all those things. Was was training more important for you? And, and how did you handle the training part and the football tools and fundamentals? That's almost as, as tough as school, isn't it? Yes. Well, luckily for me, Mike White made it a mandatory that everybody stayed on campus. And nobody went home. So, you know, he'd say you can go home and, and enjoy yourself in the summer if you want. But really, he was telling you to stay on campus. So the best thing, I stayed on campus with all other guys and we just worked out and we got better and better and better. Um, by getting redshirted in 82 and getting hurt, I got to see what how Oliver prepared and how he played. I got to see how Mike Martin played and prepared. I got to see Anthony Carter run up and down the field on us in Champaign. And I said, I want to be like him. And I put in the work. And after our Rose Bowl year, I, I had 69 catches total the year. And, you know, we went to the Rose Bowl. And then I remember, I remember what drove me more than anything else, Randy, was, you know how those preseason magazines come out and, uh, April, May, June, and July, they had yeah. all these preseason All-American teams, and they had all these guys, and they had everybody and their mama in there except me. And it was good because I was on campus. I got me a weight jacket and some boots, and I'd run up and down them stairs in that stadium. I was pissed for months. And every day I worked my ass off. I'd look at that magazine. And then I go to the stadium. I come home. I look at that magazine. I do push-ups. That magazine, the mag, I had all of them. They drove me. The guy at Iowa State, guy at UCLA, guy I never <laughs> heard of. It's like, I just went to the Rose Bowl with Illinois, and they mentioned everybody but me. And from, from that day on, when we got on the field, I took it out on everybody. 
I said, I'm gonna show everybody who's the baddest dude is in the country. And I and I set out to prove it every day. And you did it, David. You, you did show them, brother. You did. I, I know that. <laughs> hey, hey, one of the topics I want to touch on with you before we go is you're now doing some things to give back uh, to kids. And, and, and you, you've done a great job. You've got a foundation, the David Williams Foundation. Tell us about that foundation. Well, we we raised money last year for the Tom Jones Challenger League. That's for uh, children with varying varying degrees of physical and mental challenges. We're like we had like blind kids, kids in wheelchairs, uh, kids that were on, on the crutches. So what they would do was they'd have a baseball, a softball game, like a softball game for them, right, where they play, and they'd have announcers announced the kids to come out to home play and say if you were a little blind kid right they give him a bat they'd have somebody hold his hand and they'd have this giant ball that he, you couldn't miss so they throw the ball and he'd hit the ball and the person would push him in the wheelchair or somebody would run with him to the bases so we gave them that feeling of the crowd and the the, the announcers announcing the name and then the crowd cheering for them just so they can have some kind of joy of, of like being an athlete. And that was awesome. Um, another one last year was uh, the Carl Pediatrics Unit. We raised money for Carl Hospital Pediatric Unit uh, for, you know, the kids in the, in the pediatric unit. And we bought blankets and chairs and beds for their, their, their loved ones who had to stay in the hospital with them. Right. So this year we're going to do the Tom Jones challenge and then we're going to do another one. Um, it's called uh, Dash Project, helping children buy them sports equipment that can't afford it otherwise. And that's pairing with Bonnie Blair. Right. Yeah. Remember Bonnie Blair, the Olympics a gold medalist? Yeah. The she speed was skater. Uh, in my golf tournament last year. Yes. And she's awesome. And her and her husband have Dash and they raise money. So we, since she was such a big hit at my event last year, she's an awesome person and she has a big heart. We said, okay, our event, we're going to raise money for your foundation as well. So we can help you because you're here being a part of our organization. So that's what we're doing. So we're trying to give back to the kids that can't, can't afford it or the families that can't afford it and the Tom Jones Challenger kids league um and that's just true to my heart i mean you, you've got a you, you uh, you've got a golf, golf tournament coming up in, you, you have a golf tournament in uh champaign illinois when is that and where's that going to be that's going to be at the uh orange and blue course last year we put it on and we had 27 groups sign up and play this this was in mohammed this year we have so many people signing up. We got to use the, both the orange and the blue course at the same time because we're getting so many groups. It's going to be September 1st, day before the first home game. We'll, uh, we'll help get that information out for you and uh, hope to uh, get the, the, the whole place full and raise a lot of money for those organizations. Uh, and, and Bonnie Blair is a very special person. Uh, my family, we know her very well. So we're going to close it up, David. I, I know uh, 
you and I will talk after this, but uh, just to say thanks for being on, David, and the uh, Up On Game Network, Up On Game presents Taylor Scouting. Uh, catch us on all of your uh, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review this podcast. And follow us on the social platforms by searching Up On Game Network and follow me on Twitter at RTaylorFBScout. Sure appreciate everybody being with us, and uh, we'll see you next week. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.